0: Morning guys. Glad you're here. Glad for those who are connecting online. It's Memorial Day. How many of you guys know someone knew someone who died in the defense of our country? Family member, friend? It's a day to remember, isn't it? Just to give thanks that there are people willing to stand in harm's way. And as Jesus followers, just a reminder of the one who gave his life for our freedom. That's what we're here for. Now, you don't need to raise your hands, but let me ask you. How many of you guys have ever been tempted to quit following Jesus? Some point in your life. Maybe you came close. Maybe you actually did for a time and then came back. But how many of you guys ever thought about it? Or how many of you guys are tempted perhaps to quit right now? You don't have to raise your hands. Maybe you're wondering whether this that we're doing this morning is just a waste of time. Wondering whether all this talk about God, Jesus, sin, heaven, and all that stuff is just wishful fantasy. Maybe you think, well, it might be true, but is it worth the cost? Because the cost is a lot. Well, if you do quit, listen, where will you go? Where will you go? What makes more sense? What are you going to replace Jesus with? I think it's pretty easy to pick at God, Bible, Jesus, church, Christians, stuff like that. But where will you go? What makes more sense to you? Can I pick at that too? I don't think that'd be too hard. Actually, it be kind of fun. But it's an ancient question. People have always been attracted by Jesus, intrigued by Jesus, fascinated by Jesus. But when they really get what he says, when they really get what he's all about, when they understand what following Jesus is going to look like, what following Jesus is going to cost, many, if not most, quit. And it's right there in the Gospel of John. John says at this point... At this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted Jesus. We'll talk about what that point was in a little bit. They quit. And so Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter says, well, where else would we go? Where would we go? I know your words are hard sometimes, Jesus. I know what you ask costs a lot, but... You do have the words that give eternal life, and we have come to believe, and we know that you are the Holy One of God. It's a good answer. Now, I used to think that this verse was about belief. Do you actually believe in Jesus? But maybe it's not. Now, I suppose that I have been a Jesus follower in some form my whole life. I was tempted to quit, came that close. Grew up in church, believed in God because my parents believed in God and my friends believed in God. I was baptized, I think, at the age of eight, San Jose, California. In high school in Oregon, I was called by God into ministry. I hated the idea, didn't want to be a minister, but I felt his call, and he is God. So I went to Bible college in Oregon, then seminary in Tennessee, and went to work on a Ph.D. in New Testament at Emory in Atlanta. And it was there at Emory that I almost quit following Jesus, came that close. You see, some of my professors of New Testament at Emory were not Jesus followers. And they were really good at not being Jesus followers. In fact, they kind of despised Jesus followers. And they were really, really smart. And the questions they were asking in the books I was reading, well, if they were right, then following Jesus was wrong at least stupid. Have you ever thought about, you know, as Jordan mentioned, what we actually believe as Jesus followers? We believe in a creator God, okay. A God who became man like us. A God who died for a while. And we believe that his death somehow pays for our sins and we think there's a heaven for those who follow him. In fact, he's the only way in, he says. And a hell for those who don't, whatever that means. There's wild and crazy stuff in our Bible. I walked right up to the edge. See, I'd always believed in Jesus because my parents believed and my friends believed and my profs in college and seminary believed. But did I believe in Jesus for myself? And I had to be honest. If there really was a God, he wouldn't honor a dishonest faith, would he? so it was terrifying I actually told God God if you're there I can't stay in this thing unless something changes I can't keep following you because I'm scared not to I can't keep on following you unless I actually believe for myself not because my parents do my pastor does I think that's when my blood pressure started shooting up battle it ever since it's kind of amazing though. Once I was willing to get honest with God, it's kind of like the blinders came off. I began to understand why I am a Jesus follower. Because the truth is, if you are as critical toward the critics as you are with the scripture, Jesus wins. Where else would you go? Easy to pick at God, Jesus, Bible, church, Christians. When you start picking at the alternatives, that's what's crazy. How do you explain creation without a creator? Good luck with that. How do you explain our sense of right and wrong without a God? Good luck with that. I mean, I hear people say, I can't believe in a God who would allow such evil in the world. Well, without a God, how do you believe in a sense of right and wrong? It makes no sense. How do you explain Jesus? Jesus. What do you think happened to Jesus that Sunday morning after they crucified him? How do you explain what happened to the disciples? I think it takes more faith to believe in the alternatives than to believe in Jesus. Bottom line, said this before, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And if Jesus really is the Son of God, it's kind of stupid to blow him off, isn't it? So, if you quit, where will you go? Ever since I came that close to quitting, I've been a rather fierce believer. I think believing in Jesus is way superior to any of the alternatives, but I can't prove it. I can't prove Jesus to you. I think the evidence for following Jesus is powerful. God gives you plenty of reason to believe to follow if you want to, but He doesn't give you so much that you have to. If you want to be a Jesus follower, You'll find plenty of reason that it makes sense. If you don't want to be a Jesus follower, you will come up with a plausible excuse not to. God is not going to force himself on you. He gives you the freedom to choose. He gives us the responsibility to choose. I can tell you this. If you give God a chance intellectually, if you give Jesus a chance intellectually, he stands way taller than any of the alternatives. If you are willing to be as skeptical of the alternatives as you are of God, of Jesus, of the Bible, and the church, Jesus' following will make sense. And I used to think that that's what this text is all about. Jesus says, you're going to leave, you're going to quit. And I used to think that he was talking about whether you really believe in him. Maybe not. You see, there are those who don't believe so they don't follow Makes sense. Some of you guys may be there right now. And then there are those who do believe and who do follow. You actually really try to follow Jesus. Maybe that's where some of you guys are right now. But there's also this group. Many people who believe but don't follow. I think that's where a whole lot of believers are. Believe in Jesus intellectually but don't want to follow him experientially and I think maybe it's this last group that this story is all about believers who quit believers who walk away believers who try to fix Jesus maybe they still believe but they can't tolerate the real Jesus so here it goes and the guy who wrote this story down, the gospel of John, this John, he was there. He was one of the guys that Jesus was talking to. Jesus asked John and his companions, do you want to quit too? And John was there when Peter gave this answer. Where would we go? Your words are hard sometimes, but they're the words of God, so we're in Jesus. Looks like that was John's answer too. So here's the context. Here's what brought this thing about. Jesus feeds this immense crowd, this huge crowd, with five loaves of bread and two fish. You've probably heard of that miracle before. Crowd gets all excited. I mean, in that day, food was absolutely precious. There are no Kroger's down the street. And Jesus seems to be able to create an almost inexhaustible supply. Amazing. So that's reason enough in their minds to make Jesus a king. For some reason, Jesus won't have it. So, first he escapes to a mountain where he can be alone. Then he crosses the Sea of Galilee and goes to a town called Capernaum. Well, some of the people in the crowd that he had fed beat him to Capernaum and they meet him there and they're begging him for more miracles. And Jesus started pushing back. He says, You guys want manna. You guys kind of think I'm like Moses, giving you manna. Well, I'm beyond that, guys. I've come here from heaven, and I am the bread of life, Jesus says. You don't need manna. You need me, says Jesus. If you follow me, you're never going to hunger again. If you trust me, you're never going to thirst again. It's not about bread and wine, Jesus says. In fact, what I came to give you is me. But instead of getting all excited, they get kind of squirrely. What do you mean you're the bread of life you're the bread of heaven we want real bread Jesus what do you mean you've come down from heaven you're not from heaven you're from Nazareth we know your mom we knew your dad Jesus says well not really I am the bread of life and I have come here from heaven and the only way that you're gonna get there is to eat my blood my flesh and drink my blood and we're told that a lot of the disciples kind of got weirded out. Many of the disciples, many who were sort of Jesus followers, were saying, this is hard. Who can accept something like this? It's too weird. Well, Jesus knows what they're thinking. He always knows what we're thinking. So is this offending you guys? Does this make you want to quit? Make you want to give up? Then he doubles down. Jesus doesn't back up. He says, what will you think when you see me go back up to heaven? Listen, guys, I am telling you how it is, Jesus says. And John, the guy who wrote the story, tells us it was at this point, that moment, that a lot of the disciples, a lot of those Jesus followers chose to quit. They walked away. It was a turning point in Jesus' ministry, kind of his pandemic moment. A lot of Jesus followers were like, we love the miracles, we love the excitement, your teaching was extraordinary. In fact, we thought you might actually be the Messiah. But this is too much. This is too weird. Look at you. Guy from Nazareth, dirty feet, scraggly hair, cut on his knee wearing the clothes of a pauper, claiming to be the Son of God. Telling us that we have to eat his flesh, drink his blood for eternal life. No. And that's where the story gets interesting, according to John. Jesus turns to his disciples, his core followers, and he says, You too? You're going to leave? You're going to quit? Do you? And Jesus knew they are thinking about it. James is probably thinking to himself, Maybe I ought to pretend I'm heading to the bathroom and just keep heading out the door, right? Thomas is like, you know, if we lose the crowds, we lose our cover cuz the the guys with the guns don't like Jesus. And this is going to raise the level of Jesus following, the risk of Jesus following a boatload. And Jesus knows exactly what they're thinking. A whole lot of us want to be Jesus followers as long as we can dictate where he takes us. Or better yet, you know, we want to get out in front. Listen, guys, if he's God, following Jesus is what it's about. And he knows what you're thinking. He knows that no matter how long you followed him, whether for a week or a decade or almost 60 years or so, like me, most likely the day will come when you think about quitting, when you think about walking away. Before you do, where will you go? What will you replace him with? Now, different things can serve as a catalyst. Sometimes it happens when there's a move or a significant life change. Move jobs, move schools, pull up our old anchors, stop our old habits. We either get out of the habit or we're surrounded by people now who aren't Jesus followers. And we kind of go along with the crowd just to fit in. Sometimes it happens when we go through a real rough spot in our life. Marriage breaks down, someone gets sick, work is tough, and God doesn't fix it. Finances crumble, you pray and you pray and you wonder where God is when it hurts. You're tempted to quit. Sometimes it happens when a Jesus follower hurts you or fails you, when a church hurts you or fails you. And guys, when you push the church away, you almost invariably push Jesus away too. Sometimes it happens because someone you think is smart throws questions at you about God, about Jesus, about the Bible, and you can't answer them. So you're tempted to quit. Sometimes you just kind of look back and take a fresh look at what we believe, and so much of what we believe as Jesus followers is counterintuitive. It's hard. Do you really believe this stuff? Sometimes you're tempted to quit because... You want to do something that Jesus doesn't approve of, tempted to sin. And it's hard to keep saying yes to Jesus when you start wanting to say yes to sin as well. Sometimes God gets in the way of me and my desires, so I look for reasons to push him aside, right? Is that where you are? Been there, felt any of those things, been tempted to quit, tempted to walk away and... And here's the deal. When Jesus looks at his disciples, he doesn't push on them to stay. Holy Spirit probably was. But Jesus wasn't arguing with them or begging them. He just says, you guys want to quit too? Do you? Really? And it's Peter. Now, if you read the stories of Jesus, Peter is usually the guy who says the wrong thing, right? Not this time. So it's exactly the right thing. He asked the question that every single Jesus follower needs to ask before they walk away. Where'd we go? Where would we go? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, Jesus, there are things I don't get yet. What's better? I know, following Jesus sometimes seems quaint, archaic, that's what they're telling us. Times when following Jesus seems too hard. Things I can't figure out about this thing yet. Still need to ask the question what's better? What are you going to replace him with, guys? Do you honestly think that that makes more sense, offers a better life either here or forever? Do you think you can outthink God on this one? Peter says, Where would we go? I know this isn't always comfortable following you, Jesus. I I know, Jesus, I do want to quit sometimes, to be honest. Some of what you say is really hard to understand. To be ruthlessly honest, we've considered it. Thought about our options. Sometimes in the short term, it would seem like it would be easier to quit to not follow you, Jesus. But when we consider our options as rigorously as we think about following you, where would we go? I'm serious, guys. If you choose to quit on Jesus, you're choosing to put something else in his place. You better be sure that what you put in his place is better. Are you willing to question it as rigorously as you sometimes question your Jesus following? If you want to find a reason to quit, I've already given you a couple. But what are you going to quit him for? Let's compare the two, honestly. Honestly. Peter says, "We have come to believe," which means they didn't start out believing. We have come to believe. They had their doubts. They weren't always sure, but we have come to believe. More than that, we have come to know that you really are the Holy One of God. We've listened to you, teach Jesus, it's unparalleled. It's not even approximated. We've seen your miracles and they're staggering. We've come to know your heart. We've watched your courage, in this grace and this truth. To whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've seen too much. We know too much to quit on you, Jesus. Hmm. Listen, guys, if not Jesus, who? Who's smarter? Who makes more sense? Some slick-tongued skeptic? If not this, what? What do you think is going to lead you to a better life here and forever? Be honest. Chances are God is not as antiquated, quaint, old-fashioned, archaic, naive, and unenlightened as obsolete as he's called sometimes. Is there anything worth it? So satisfying that someday you're going to look back at the day you decided to quit on Jesus and say, I made the right call. It was worth it. Peter looks at Jesus and he says, You're the Holy One of God. You are the one who has the words of eternal life. I know it's hard to follow you, Jesus, but we've seen too much. And if we leave you now, we'll regret it later. So we're in. Good answer. Bottom line, I think that we respond to Jesus in one of three ways. I think all of us fit here somewhere. There are those of us who just simply reject Jesus for whatever reason and because we reject him, we don't follow him. If that's where you are now, I hope you don't stay there. And there are those of us who not only believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, we actually do try to follow Him. We mess up a lot. We try to follow Him when we understand Him. We try to follow Him when we don't. We follow Him when we agree with Him and we follow Him when we don't because we understand that He's not only our Savior, He's our Lord, our God, and I think that there are probably some in the room, maybe a lot of us in the room, who think that Jesus probably is the Christ, the Son of the willing, living God, and we're willing to follow him as long as we like where he's taken us. We like him as our Savior, not necessarily as our Lord, unless we agree with him. And here it is, guys. This is the most dangerous place to be spiritually. It's even more dangerous than this wanting to acknowledge that he probably did die for us, he probably did raise from the dead, he probably is a viable way to heaven. Sometimes he's over the top, right? Sometimes what Jesus asks takes us out of our comfort level. Sometimes it's kind of like he isn't woke enough for us. That doesn't work, guys. If he's God, if he's our Lord, we don't get to dictate the agenda. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you will never hunger again. You believe in me, you're never going to be thirsty again. I will be your food. I will be your drink. I am the one who gives you life. I am the one you are to build your life around. Listen, guys, Jesus didn't come here to inspire us. He didn't come here to make our dreams come true. He didn't come here to offer us an insurance policy should we ever really need it. He came to be our God. Are you good with that? I listened to Tim Keller talk about these verses. (laughs) Keller's a really, really smart guy. Very perceptive. And he was talking about different kinds of what he calls, or what I would call, actually, pseudo-discipleship. Some people follow Jesus because they're following the crowd, and the crowd follows Jesus. The problem is when the crowd stops following Jesus, they quit following Jesus too because they're not following Jesus, they're following the crowd. Crowds are powerful. It's hard to disbelieve what a crowd believes. You can see it in the story that we're studying. Some of the crowd started to turn, others of the crowd started to turn with them and pretty soon Jesus says, do you want to go too? And Peter's smart enough to say, it's not about where they're going, where else would we go? Because you really are the Holy One of God. See, if I look back on myself, I'm pretty sure that's why I followed Jesus for a time, because of the crowd. I followed because my parents believed. I followed because my friends believed. The people that I hung out with, my teachers in college and seminary believed. But then I got into the middle of a crowd that kind of mocked believers, and they were really, really good at mocking believers. I came that close. Until I began to realize that you needed to critique the critics as passionately as they were critiquing Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus stands really, really tall. Do you believe in Jesus because the people around you do? Or do you believe in Jesus because you do? And there are people around who follow Jesus because they're hoping for a miracle, right? I mean, it's right here in this chapter. Jesus says to these guys, i tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs and then he says this he says don't be so concerned about perishable things like food spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the son of man can give you don't be so concerned about perishable things like your health your checkbook your career your reputation See, a lot of us want Jesus as kind of a business partner. I'll invest in Jesus as long as he gives me a good return, right? I want him to be there when I get sick. I want him to be there when my family falls apart. I want an assist when work gets hard. Following Jesus is not about setting the terms and staying with him as long as he follows your terms. And there are people who follow Jesus because of guilt. Guilt. Literally because of guilt. We're honest enough to look inside of ourselves and see a whole lot that we don't like and we carry around all this guilt and this shame. We know we've broken a lot of rules. We know we've cheated people. We know we've hurt people, including people we love. And Bottom line, scares us. We really don't want God to change us that much. We just want His forgiveness. If there's anything to this grace stuff, then we know we need a dose. Guy's pseudo discipleship. That's about following Jesus as long as he's willing to be your kind of God, your kind of king, my kind of Jesus, my kind of God, and all that poppycock. I'll follow Jesus as long as he votes the same way that I do, supports the same causes that I do, as long as he protects me and mine. And Jesus looks at this and he said, You also going to quit if I don't? You're going to leave when following me gets tough? You're going to keep following me when you don't understand me, when you don't agree with me? Peter. Peter gives the answer of a real Jesus follower. He says, Lord, to whom will we go? Because you really do have the words that give eternal life. Now we believe. We didn't used to. But now we believe, and we know that you are the Holy One who comes from God. And what Peter is saying is this. Peter is saying, I know it's tough sometimes, Jesus, but what are the viable alternatives? What alternative makes sense? You are the one who has the words of eternal life, real life. Eternal life is not just about heaven. It's about life here, and it's about life there, too. In other words, I can't make it on my own, Jesus. I can't make it without you. You have the words of eternal life. They don't. I don't. And I know you won't compromise Jesus. I know you can't compromise Jesus because you do have the words of eternal life. One guy put it like this. He said, anyone who has a conceivable alternative to Jesus is not a, it's not a Christian. I think he was right. You say, this thing is not about believing about Jesus. It's not about what I want from Jesus. It's not about the kind of Lord I think he should be. He's not going to morph into the kind of God we want him to be. He's God. He doesn't bow to our agenda, he sets the agenda. Jesus says, I'm going to have to die for you. And you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. In other words, you're going to have to wrap your life around me. He says, I'm going to pour myself out for you. You're going to quit? And our response is, where else would we go? Because you really are the Holy One of God. Bottom line, it's worth it. For now and for forever. Following Jesus leads us to the life that we were made for. It's the path to peace with God. It's the path to a life well lived. It's the path to strength. It's a path to real joy. You want in? Where else are you going to go? You want in? We're Jesus followers, guys. I hope you are. I hope you will be. If you're not, you can be. If you're willing to bend your knees and make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you want to talk about it, I'm going to sing another song, and I'm going to sit right down here and just come up during that song, and let's chat. We've also got a, an elder praying for you right now in that prayer room in the back of the room. If you want to go back there where it's a little more private sit down with him or if you want there's a little card in front of you a decision card write your name contact information i'll call you this next week and we'll talk about being a jesus follower if you want a church home and you think capital city might be it let's talk about that too let's get that done let's bow our heads together guys this is an amazing thing that we're part of it's an amazing story that we're part of and this is our story for your willingness to be one of us so we could touch you and listen to you we're grateful for your grace we're grateful for the sacrifice that you made for us in Jesus we're grateful help us to have the wisdom and the courage to bend our knees and be people of God We love you dearly. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we say.